Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Right in the Gary Kelly's podcast from wherever you're listening in the world right now. We're back after a wee break. I'm not going to lie, that Southampton game took the wind out of us a little bit and we were all too to come on actually and try and be positive about that. I mean, Matt, you were actually there and you had to take a week off work after watching that, didn't you? <laughs> so on today's show, I'm joined by super away attendee, Matt Beadle, and we're also dishing out a debut for Ewan Williamson as we'll be looking back on the Wolves' result and we rave about our Brazilian and Scouse superstars and as we hear from you, the Super League United fans. So let's crack on, shall we? It looked like we were heading to our fifth defeat of the season until Joe Gellart was brought down in the 91st minute. So up stepped Rodrigo, who bagged the penalty and proceeded to kick the corner flag into next week, which I think summed up all our emotions, actually, after watching that. So... (laughs) You'd probably say we got what we deserved at the very least there. Yeah, I'd definitely say so. We were we're in the game all the way through. And to be honest, Wolves' behaviour after they scored means that they're I mean they're one of many teams that just seemed anti football from the minute the ball went in on it. So I think at the very least a point was uh, the bare minimum. I mean we ne- we didn't necessarily look like vintage, you know, Bielsa ball or anything like that, but I think a point was was at least what we deserved. I always think those types of games are the um, sort of the ones that are always a bit more pleasing getting something out of it. Because those, like Wolves haven't changed even even from changing manager from Nuno to, I forgot what the manager's called now. But they've always, they've played like that for like four years now, haven't they? Like they're a bit, yeah. a bit plucky and sort of grind teams down to a bit of, basically fall, fall asleep. But they're the types of games that we normally just sort of ride along with and never sort of get into so that last 20 minutes were massive I think from us because normally like at Southampton it didn't even look like scoring whereas whereas as soon as Gallagher and um, Somerville came on as well who I thought were brilliant especially 
def- defensively, which was a bit weird. But I thought they're the type of game that where we just uh, normally roll over and never get into it. But yeah, that last twenty minutes, I've never seen it as I've not heard it as loud. I don't think for obviously probably two years now. But it, it was just great. It sort of felt felt a bit alive again, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 20 minutes. It's funny because, like you mentioned, Wolves, they literally did that to us twice last season, didn't they? They scored like a, two jammy goals, and we just couldn't, no matter what we threw at them, couldn't get through. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, in terms, in terms of like pressing on, I think the performance was like good without being like outstanding. But it was just one of those games, I'd have been absolutely devastated if we lost that. It's like you say, they were just the way that they were playing, you just think. You know, I was getting, I was screaming at everything in the last twenty minutes, and just like it was just relief when we scored because like you don't want to lose those games. So I mean, you never want to lose a game, but again, when a team have got showing no ambition to kind of kill the game off, they're just happy on the one mills. Um, I think this, it's just so frustrating. But like you say, I think we showed a lot of resolve to kind of get back in that, especially after the Rafinha injury. You're kind of thinking, is this going to go the same way as West Ham when when Rafinha went off? We just didn't look. We, were, we didn't look like we were going to score, did we? But it kind of went the other way, didn't it? And I guess that's a pleasing thing. We needed a performance after Southampton, really, didn't we? I think I think you and touched on it that we weren't we weren't amazing, but I feel like that's because of them. Um, mm. Because I think we were as we were probably as good as what they were probably going to allow us to be. Like we basically got pulled into a game of they were basically ref the game, didn't they? They, they, yeah. they basically ran the game for ninety minutes until. Well, probably about seventy, and then we sort of got on top of it. But yeah, they they basically stopped us from playing the way we wanted. But I feel like we, like I say, we probably played as well as what we could do given the circumstances of how, as they were saying, like trying to play anti football basically. Yeah. And it was sort of bittersweet that we ended up scoring in ninety in like the ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute. And if they wouldn't have been doing all the time wasting, we wouldn't we, we, yeah. we, game wouldn't have got to that point. So um, that, I think that never see, I've never seen so much cramp in my life. Everyone had cramp in the 60th minute, didn't they? Professional footballer going down with cramp in an hour. Mate, mate, we were looking at Matinho and you could see him feeling his hamstring. We basically went 3-2-1 and he went down. We we, (laughs) just see him looking around going, think about now, just go down for for about five minutes just to kill a bit of time. And you're just thinking, I mean, they got a point in the end and on another day they probably would have got three. But I always think, especially now that we've been blessed with Bielsa, Mm-hmm. I just couldn't imagine watching a team like that now. Like, wait, how can you go to a game, especially probably paying what? Well, it'll be in caps yesterday, but home games and stuff like. Well, you could be paying thirty, forty quid a game and just watching chat like that, basically. For <laughs> just you, yeah. you don't really get to see much football. Because what you got to remind yourself as well is, you know, we can kid ourselves that it's a level playing field because we've sim- we finished in a kind of similar position as Wolves last year, best of the rest kind of thing. But you know, look at the players they were bringing off the bench. Ruben Neves is coming on. Silva, who they spent 40-odd million on, didn't even get on the pitch. You know, we've got a few young lads and, you know, League One Liam and Stuart Dallas and all these guys. <laughs> and and yet we're the only ones trying to play football. So it is, you know, the whole my way or the highway thing that mm. Bielsa's got going on. It's it, Of course, it's going to be frustrating when you lose a couple on the spin. But when you've got when you've got a squad like that, but yet the only way they're capable of getting results is by just kind of trying to nullify teams like that. Well... You know, I wouldn't want to do it. So, but fair it, play to him. It's really weird, I think, as well. When you when you listen to like kind of Cody after the game, like he's saying how different we play. But obviously, other teams have been able to like figure us out who've got as good a quality as 
um, as Wolves. So Southampton were like as bad as we were last week. Um, and I hate to keep having to bring us back to last Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't drop it, can you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like they they were like they weren't good, but the way like they pressed us and everything was they they knew how to play against us in a in sort of on a front foot way. Whereas all these teams that are sort of on the back foot, you always wonder. Like why? Because I always think when teams have a go at us, that's when they always seem to get a bit of success, especially like when you're getting runners from midfield and stuff. Because we just get overloaded. It's and... almost like they scored too early, and then once it got to about half hour, they just thought, "Let's just sit on it and see if we can hit them on the break." But they just never did it. Ne- never did it, did they? Never did anything. No. Nope. So I think, well, we touched. I think Matt, you touched on it. Like the atmosphere in the last twenty minutes was amazing. Really, I think. It all seemed to start, I think, when Jimenez went down as one of his many, many dives. And I think everyone just kind of had enough and said, now let's come on. Let's get some out of this. And the fans really pulled pulled together. And I think they got the players up for it because I thought Dallas and Rodrigo in the second half, they just didn't stop running. And, you know, one of many, to be honest, that played really well in the second half. Determination to get us on the front foot. And it really helped. And obviously, Rodrigo scored the penalty, one of his better performances of the season hopefully now we could do with him kicking on and getting a few more goals couldn't we I don't want to tempt like obviously his confidence will be up now and you always say like it's be the perfect game next Sunday won't it playing bottom of the league but a team that's taken two points from 19 from your league games you're like oh. but it is like you'd, you'd, you're hoping next week that could be like a massive well it is a massive game for him really to back, back up and like back-to-back performances um, would we'll, we'll do him the world of good, especially um, like we, we don't really know how long Bamford's going to be out for. I don't think anyone's actually, actually, actually said after. As far as we're aware, he could have like I don't know chipped a bone in his leg or something. For they're not really said after. It's a classic yeah. Leeds thing that if there's an injury, they kind of said, well, yeah, he'll be out for a couple of games, and then two months later, it's like mm, still a little bit more recovery time. Mm. Yeah, you're hoping this is that this is Rodrigo's. Um, uh, was it the game before Burnley last year where he, I think he played all right, and then at Burnley he came on and scored twice, didn't he? Um, yeah, if, yeah. My, if my memory is correct. So you're hoping that's this is sort of that sort of reset for him, don't you? Probably having to be the senior figure probably helps him as well. Like he was the only one who were going to step up to set that penalty, I think. Yeah. yeah. Fair f- to him, to be fair, because there's not many many of them who, who would have done. I don't so. know. I, th- I think Tyler Roberts fancied himself for it, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be honest. <laughs> he always fancies himself, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think you could tell from when he got his goal, like we said, like it was almost looked like relief and like it let out a lot of frustration because you know I think his performances have been a bit yo-yo. I think he's had a couple of good good games where he's not, you know, he's brought a lot of people into play. He's not necessarily got the goal, or you know, and then he's gone missing in a couple of games. But I thought, you know, that game, even his. Because sometimes in like the 80th minute or so, he can kind of blow out, doesn't he? But even then, he was tracking back. He was up and down. Like he, he didn't stop. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it, it, like I say, I don't know if it was just one of those situations where he like looked at the, like basically who he had yeah. around him, saw that he'd got two kids basically as his uh, backup support and um, probably in, like an out form Roberts, a Dan James who's not been with us for um, too long and thought, like, I've got to step up here because I'm like the only. If, well, when you're looking at that team, he's probably the only person you thought that that's probably going to where a goal is going to come from, from someone yeah. who has that experienced head. So, hopefully, that's sort of the case. And next week, he's like really fired up for, and like, I've got to take this team by its scruff at next sort of thing. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been thinking saying for weeks to my mates and stuff like he just he just needs one to go in off his arse. That's all it <laughs> needed because that's just all it takes with strikers. And you can tell he's the same as Bamford. It's you can tell how much confidence is a big part yeah. of this game. But I mean, we all let's be honest, we all sort of thought the same thing when we saw him stepping up to take it. We're like, I, I mean, it must have been half a second after we got the penalty that my mate's dad who I see with just said Rodrigo's going to miss <laughs> that, that, he showed his age there with that yeah. one but like his pessimism but um, but yeah I mean we were all thinking it a little bit but he you know he delivered and that's the, seeing when you see you know a player who's come with a reputation and it's not quite happened for him seeing how much he cared when he scored and the fact that he's still willing to fight for it and he wants he really wants to be a part of it that you know that it gives you him a bit more leeway to kind of you know to kick on now I think Cause, uh, I think if he did if he would have missed it could have been the end of his career to be honest at least like because uh, imagine the backlash like the groans in the stadium everyone would have been depressed they'd have been like what a waste of money it would have been <laughs> it could have been a lot of repercussions and like Matt said like the pressure on that penalty just for those reasons and the fact for us to get a deserved result, it was massive. I think Auto will have definitely been holding his breath. <laughs> he to take that, that's for sure. Exactly. They would have been calling for his head, wouldn't they? <laughs> so obviously touched on the Leeds performance. And obviously Wolves have been in decent form. And as we said, like we made them look fairly average for long periods. And it probably provides a template on how we need to play like that extra energy. So I thought... When we made the substitution to take Click off, for example, because I thought Click struggled in that game, like he weren't really on it. Um, his passing was bad, and I think that's kind of what got us going. Like some of the subs, obviously Rafinha going off as a blow, but like Matt said, Somerville's energy down that right helped us a lot. And after that, after Southampton, we probably needed that kind of performance. And I think um, Cooper probably deserved a shout out as well for how he played with Traore. Um, so I guess there's kind of two different ways you can go about it with Chayori. You can either stand him up or just get straight to him. And he kind of went the latter, didn't he? He was just sliding in and hitting him every time. And it worked, to be fair to him. I thought he played. Um, he, he led the back line really well. Yeah, I thought I thought Cooper was probably our, well, probably our best defender yesterday over the, over the 90 minutes. Like, I thought he was pretty good in first half. And there were a couple of times where he either intercepted or, uh, like you say, nicked it off Traore or Jimenez. And it sort of got everyone going again for sort of yeah. the five minutes in the crowd and stuff so like I thought it was proper captain's performance from him really yesterday and I, I, I don't know I think sometimes like it takes unnecessarily flack and it takes a lot of people to say like he actually had a good game yeah it's like they don't want to say it do they <laughs> but I thought it was like really nice for like just to see people actually be like yeah we're like that was mm. top performance yesterday sort of thing um yeah. and like if they want for a fluky deflected goal yeah looking at a clean sheet really because they didn't fret me and my mate were saying you can't even remember like Wang and uh, Jimenez, other than that, actually getting oh. really any form of like chance in the box. Like they had a couple of like where Pedence went near Pedence the end. Pedence had a shot, didn't he? That's it. Free kick outside the box. Most yeah. of their chances were like limited to outside outside of the box sort of thing. So from a defensive point of view, um, like it probably was actually a pretty decent ninety minutes from. Yeah. Uh, from them and especially I think like when uh, when strikers are having to go down that easy I always think it's just yeah. like sort of an easy way out isn't it really mm-hmm. um, and so it, it probably more of a compliment to us really from a defensive point of view so like for, for that I thought they were brilliant yeah Cooper was fantastic and I think you're, you're right about him taking a lot of unnecessary flack and I think what you can see in his game is that he don't pay attention to anything that goes on during the week you know the social media chatter and all of that 
he'll be the first to come out and own up when we're not good enough. But and and he's not going to take the praise when when he plays really well. So, like you say, captain's performance. He's the thing is, I think with Cooper, whether we like it or not, but Bielsa likes him a lot. And even when all the centre backs are fit, I think he's probably still going to be in there. So all you can do is get behind him because you know that's the kind of performance he's capable of. And when the odd mistake happens, which it's gonna, especially with the way we play and the kind of the mm. pressure we absorb at times, you've got to say, well, you know, that is a numbers game that's going to happen sometimes. But yeah, he did, he didn't put a foot wrong yesterday. I think that's yeah. all sign I look for in a in a player really. Like Cooper's been what club? Well, he's either, he's either been like vice captain or has started under effectively every manager we've had, other than probably Gary Monk when we had Bartley and Jansen. And when someone's doing that, then he's obviously doing something right. In mm. fans might obviously think otherwise, but from obviously from a professional point of view, then he's obviously rated by every single manager that we basically had. Mm. And it's like you look at Cody as well; like he was just a he was a defensive midfielder, at Huddersfield at one point or something. Like, and then he turned yeah, into, so. and then he turned into yeah, dropped him back. Didn't you get dropped back at Wolves, and like he's been at, like you probably would have never predicted back then that he'd been middle of Wolves' defense up to like now. Mm in Europe so like I always look at that and think like yeah there must be a player there for like so many managers to rate him yeah yeah and I think that's what you get with Bielsa as well like he rates the player but he rates the bloke as well doesn't he and obviously I think everyone knows Cooper's a decent guy and like you know he's he's led a team to make sure there's no egos or anything to kind of like bought into the Bielsa philosophy and I think this season I must say like it's been his best performances like sustained performances I think like I don't really think he's had a bad game yet this season. And like like Matt said, he should have had a clean sheet yesterday if Jack Harrison wouldn't have gone flying into a non-existent tackle down the down the left. But less on that, the better. I mean, we're still obviously looking at the table, we're still 17th. How do we feel after that game? Is anyone worried or we looking up? It's a big game next week, I guess, but... I don't, I don't think it was that performance. You know, when you have that performance where you, mm. you're like, it's clicked now. Okay, we're going to be, we're, we're about to parachute up the table. Because I, I look back at this time last year, it was about the Villa game, wasn't it? The yeah. Bamford hat trick. And, you know, we were really run down with injuries that, that night. And we, um, you know, put in this blind performance and, and everything's kind of seemed to follow after that. And I, st- I still think we're waiting for that. It might be next week. It might not, knowing us, but um, yeah, it, I think we're still waiting for that. But at the same time, equally as important as those performances where everything clicks and it's fluid and everything are the ones where you just grind out a result and it's not pretty. And we we just haven't had them over the last couple of years, but there's been a couple this season. And, you know, if, if, if we're going to be down there, we're going to need to learn how to do that. But even so, it makes it easier when you've got the points on the board, it makes it easier to play with that freedom. So that's hopefully what we've earned ourselves a bit of next week, especially, you know, if we get a couple of guys back in Calvin, Bamford, maybe Aylin, you, you don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but it just might earn us that bit of freedom. I, I think people forget, uh, obviously the Villa game, in terms of timing, I think the Villa game was, but we've just been like pumped for 4-1 twice, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. And Leicester beat us 4-1, think, didn't they, yeah. Uh, and everyone then were like, "Oh, I don't know how we're going to get out of this." Like we just mm. like, even Palace. I mean, Palace were a bit lucky, but like Leicester were like a real eye opener last year. Yeah, once mm. they just cut us open, didn't they? Yeah, and Vardy was like Vardy and Barnes just ripped us to shreds, didn't they? Mm. Um, 
but so like on that point of view, I think we're I think we're going into yesterday on if you go on the game weeks because obviously like the timings were different due to yes. starting late. I think we're only four points worse off than what we were last year because we just mm. basically banked a load of points at the end, didn't we? Um, yeah, I got on that roll. So you're hoping, um, you're hoping by December we do it does click because I think that's when we got like a really difficult month up, especially with mm-hmm. like run of games being so thick and fast and the quality of teams. But I think the thing that always that I think is like I know Rafinha might be injured now, but looking at our team, you just think if we keep Phillips and Rafinha fit, no other team, no other team has got a Phillips, no other team down there has got a Rafinha, like other than probably Newcastle who's got Sam Maxwell and, and he'll probably keep them in the division. But no, like Burnley haven't got it. Um, Southampton probably not now. They've lost. Not, no. They haven't got yeah. the star star player, and I do think we do have like two or three that when they're on when they're on it the top half players it's obviously just like you and were saying we've just not clicked at all he just felt like grinding a performance out like that but it's probably the sort of thing that it sort of gels us a bit and then next week's when we when we really start to click and it all comes together a bit mm. so t- talking about star players um we've been raving about joe gallart for quite a while on this podcast especially you know um with our under 23 reporters who've been saying he's got to be in the first team soon and it's taken maybe longer than some would like but obviously Bielsa said in the past that he won't throw someone in for the sake of it, got to see that they're ready and I think he's kind of shown the whole country that he's ready now and that he's capable of. I mean, Martin Keown on Match of the Day comparing him to Messi, so what do you think of that, guys? I think well, the Rooney comparisons are like uh, perfect, aren't they? Because obviously a scouser, he's sort of built like, he, he, like yesterday you sort of could see, he sort of has that bulldoggy approach sort of thing, like he didn't yeah. uh, he like nipping away, wasn't he? he wouldn't give up and like his technical abilities, obviously just look like he turned Ruben. He turned Ruben Neves back to Portugal before he ran. <laughs> it is, yeah. And especially when a kid's like that young, and you you just think, yeah, they've got something about them because it does take. Like I don't think people actually realise how big the jump is from like twenty ones, twenty threes football to first team football. Because obviously we've signed all these kids, probably a handful of them will probably become like proper stars. And um, like you can just tell, can't you, just watching a player that is. Not generational talent, but you sort you just get that feeling like and I think that performance on Saturday from him might be one of them where you're like, Yeah, I were there when he sort of that was that was his moment where he burst on the scene sort of thing. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And the the, the messy comparison, you know, it's early days, but just the, <laughs> just that, that low centre of gravity and the way the ball just kind of glues to his feet, it just I mean, when he goes on them winding runs, it's like them watching their messy highlight video. So that's something to get excited about. But but also you talk about when we were talking about Rodrigo earlier and the, the nerve he had stepping up to take that penalty, you know, when Gailhart came on, the reaction of the crowd, it was right, no pressure, mate, but everyone in this building, thirty five thousand people are expecting you to get a brace here and win this for us. And um yeah, I mean he did about as much as he could have done, but he, he's just he's just such a nuisance and he's he's someone who you know, there are times this year where I've just been like, you know, maybe if we had Pablo, just someone to just create that something out of nothing. And he looks like he could slip into that role because even when Rodrigo's playing well, it's his link-up play and stuff like that that's good. But you don't see him just creating something totally off the cuff. But mm. with Gelhard, it looks like there could just be their moments of pure inspiration, which, you know, if we had someone to do that, it would take the pressure off Rafinha and James as well. So... It's yeah, it's hard not to be excited, but we've got to we've got to temper our expectation a little bit, I reckon. 
So we've got temporary expectations, but Ewan did just say that it was very messy-like. So, <laughs> uh, But I wasn't the first to say it. In all yeah, fairness. that's true. We were all um, thinking it, come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think what was impressive was the fact that he missed those two chances and still had the confidence to get in the box and win a penalty. And that's not typically something that you get from a lad like that, um, that age. But you can tell his technical ability is is second to none, like the link-up with Rodrigo for that bit where Sar made that pretty good save, to be honest, because he hit it well. You know, there's something, there is something special there. It'll be interesting to see if he starts um, against Arsenal midweek. Um, you know, he's put a good shout for it, hasn't he? I think he's got more chance of starting at Arsenal than Norwich. I feel like Norwich, well, Bielsa obviously see it as the bigger game and probably will start sort of more, as I say, senior pros. But you don't know. Like if he plays at Arsenal and like he looks really good, then you'd just throw you'd say throw him in, but you'd you'd start him again because when like when these kids get on a wave, there's just yeah. no stopping them because like they've got no sort of scar tissue or from any previous experience like previous experience, and that sometimes works in the favour, doesn't it? That they get on this wave and they just the projection of them just they don't go down. It's just it'll just get better and better. Yeah. And it's like we've, we've. I know he's not ours, but he almost does feel like ours because we've sort of mm. not nurtured him, but we've probably have probably made probably made him that little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. forget that he's, he has been here for over a year. Like yeah. he spent a year, full year season with the under twenty threes, didn't he? So and he's properly. Know. Like I think someone put a picture of him on, and I think he's properly like slimmed down, hasn't he? From when mm. he uh, signed him, like, I mean, he won't be fat. Like yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean though. He's got like Bielsa fit, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, like someone said that. He's got Bielsa fit and he's had that year of probably, probably in like training, he'll have been in and out of training with the first teamers and sort of getting that sort of experience of it all. So, like, like I say, he's just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, and you could just see from um, even from that half an hour, you could just see how much the other players respected him because, you know, it was very much right, give him the ball, he can do something. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that will have come from training with them and just seeing just how technically gifted he is. But that's the fact that he's, you know, it's only his second appearance and he's earned that level of respect from, you know, some seasoned pros is definitely a good sign. Yeah, I think that'll be the same with Somerville, won't it? I think there's, there were stories from like last pre-season where he was like sitting people on their asses in training and stuff. And like, I thought, like as we were saying before, I thought the most impressive thing about Somerville's performance was like, I think he made like three or four ball recoveries Mm. down that right and it, wingers don't normally especially kid like young wingers yeah. get into that sort of nitty gritty stuff so he's obviously like he's already bought into what we want him to be like and I think he's another one way more minutes he gets like at Southampton I felt really sorry for him like it, it was just sort of like go on you've got you've got you, <laughs> you two have got to change this game it was sort of a bit like it yesterday but we were on top of the game like at Southampton yeah. like a lost cause I think and like, I think like those two getting those minutes in in a game where we were on top, like all just doing the world of good. Mm. And I guess looking at it as well, I mean, some may argue it shouldn't have to come to the fact that you know we've got to rely on Joe Gallart and you know Somerville to get us back into a game because you know we haven't got the bench for it really. But I guess it takes some of the pressure off the club if those guys can come in and do well immediately, especially because you know January's. I think we've made rumblings that we're not keen on doing business in January. So, you know, like for that, then you need Gallant and Somerville to be able to come on and make an impact, don't you? Yeah, and I think we're, I th- I d- we're not going to 
um, I think our way that we do business is basically how teams in January probably do it. Like if there's a deal there, we'll do it. And I feel like that's our sort of our transfer policy across all windows. But like you say, January is always notoriously difficult to get some form of deal. And as we know from like Dan James and stuff, there's just too short of a window and like mm. stuff can go wrong. Um, and I bet there's many deals that we've had lined up in January where they just probably never even hear, hear about it and they just fall through the sort of cracks. So like these kids now that they're getting, like we say, confidence are built up. It'll build without trying to sound like Radrizani with Forshaw. It will be like having two new signings sort of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's just what we need really. Yeah, and I mean the the nature of the way Bielsa does it with the thin squad is. You, you do need these kids to kind of step up and that's a lot of pressure but you know we've we've invested a lot of money in that so mm. you can you, you kind of hope that just even, even if just a couple of them like you say not all of them are, are gonna really you know make that jump but if a couple do it just takes the pressure off everything else and and it is like a couple signings yeah mm. so we touched on it briefly but let's look forward so this next week it's Arsenal and Norwich so two games with different meanings really have to say, you know, I've been an advocate. You know, I really wanted a cup run this year. I thought, let's really go for a cup run. But I guess the games take different precedence now in certain terms, especially after the injuries we've got. You know, there's no denying the Norwich game's probably the bigger game. You know, they looked so poor against Chelsea. I mean, I saw a little bit of the first half before the game and then watched it on match of the day and they just looked car crash to be honest and I think they've read that they've not they've gone 19 Prem games without a win with two draws so I mean we can't screw that one up can we surely yeah. not I know we definitely can we definitely <laughs> can <laughs> it'll be just leads to end that record but like they're at sixes and sevens before our balls have even been kicked like they're absolute absolute shambles aren't they at the back and so and it's like really weird because they've, they're like absolutely the championship when they're in there and but when they come up to the Prem, I don't know what it is. The like in the two seasons that they've been up in the last was it three seasons, there's like been one good performance that you can remember is that's when they beat City at home. Like there's no there's no time when you thought they actually look like a team that are going to stay up. So like you say, it's like we've got we we can't be leaving there with anything less than three points. You'd like to think. Yeah, I mean they. It's it's an interesting one, but I mean their their team is. I mean they lost Wendia, didn't they? So have they got any better from that team last year? Probably not. I mean their their transfer policy is a discussion of podcast in its own right, but they're you know they don't they're not they don't want to compete. It almost feels like so we can't. But it, you have a tendency in these games. I feel you can we can play up to teams, but we can play down to teams. We really can. So we've just got a. It's just that first five minutes. It's not conceding that early goal like we did yesterday. It's um, winning all the 50-50 straight away because they're, they're going to be thinking, you know, we could get hammered today. So we've just got to play like a team that's capable of doing that. And if we could just get a few goals as well, because, you know, it's at times us going forward, it's just looked, it's looked like Rafinha or nothing. So if we could just, you know, make Rodrigo gets another one, you know, Roberts comes on and gets one in the second half. Just all of these things, you'd love for it to just fall into place next week. By the way, you say it's, um, it's, it's that first thought, sort of 10, 15 minutes, especially with them being at home. You just don't want to let them have a sniff and think, we've actually got a chance in this game for like the first time in ages because they'll absolutely relish sort of like, trying to turn over a team like us and picking up the first three points and whatever. So we need to basically 
that first five ten minutes, we need to be like, well, we're just like any other rest. Like we'll we'll, we'll basically steamroll you. Um, it's sort of a it's, it's a tricky one because, like we say, we're a team that notoriously gets gets turned over when these records are done. But you just <laughs> you've got you've got to think theirs is just that bad of a record that you you'd like to think that we would not if we if we lose there. That's Mm. stations in it mm. yeah so i think any other team would be licking the lips at this and like rubbing their hands together and <laughs> thinking yeah they and we're like it's the mighty norwich they're gonna <laughs> win it's inevitable um it's but, just that fact that they've got to beat someone they have yeah, to beat someone eventually <laughs> and it it could it's well be us, us too long hasn't it it's been us too many times and, <laughs> but yeah, and I, I get what you mean, Matt, as well. It's like it's one of those, like, we can't lose it for a couple of reasons in the fact that, it, you know, the fan base will explode if we lose next week as well, won't they? It'll, it'll be chaos. And um, and it's just one of the... I think you've just got to hope that, like you say, yeah, we start well. And, you know, if we do get a one-goal lead whenever we are, usually we're very good at pressing on and hitting teams on the break. And you'd think that they'd have to go for it a bit because... They should be targeting this game as their first win in such because I think the manager might have come out and say it's like, look, it's never nice losing seven nil, but it's the next game. That's the bigger game. So we're playing a team that's around us, and obviously we don't want to be around Norwich because they, you know, they are going to be around the bottom three, aren't they? So yeah, it's a, it's it's going to be a big one. The Arsenal game's a bit of a frustrating. I know, uh, like we touched on it, it's a bit of a frustrating one because. You did fancy a cup run, especially now um, we've seen off two teams. You sort of get a feeling, oh, we could have a good run at this. But then I feel like Arsenal's like one of those teams that you didn't actually want because they're now sort of in that mid-table sort of chasing Europa League thing where this is a chance for them to win the trophy. So that's, they're going to put like yeah, a full team big, out. It's a big trophy for him, any really. Like, yeah. He's like scrambling for anything that he can get. Like when he won FA Cup over the year, like just anything to put put in, in the cabinet he'll be looking for so you'll be getting your Obama Yangs and your Lacazette starting I think on <laughs> Tuesday and we'll be starting as kids I think yeah I know it is a shame actually because I you know like I said earlier you know I really wanted to cut run this year and I've I've saying to me mate actually said I play a strong team at Arsenal but then obviously Rafinha going off injuries and you're thinking well to be honest we might have to play a strong team because we simply can't afford we yeah. can't rotate as much you, you think for sure I'd probably play you might, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if he plays Phillips at all, you know, seeing as he didn't play him then. I'm not sure. I think the problem with Phillips is, is that in Bielsa's head, um, he'll probably need minutes. Yeah. Then on the on the flip side, he wouldn't have been on the bench on Saturday if uh, Bielsa didn't think he was, if he didn't think he was ready. Because he obviously has the thing that if you're on the bench, you fit enough for night. You fit, yeah. As always, we got the Leeds United thoughts straight after the full-time whistle um, with the one-all draw at Wolves. And as you can imagine, it was a bit of a split one. LUFC Charaland said, The performance is a lot better than last week, but we didn't look like scoring until Gellart came on, assisted by Somerville. Asker Tonning said, Huge improvement on last week. Deserved more than one point. The crowd was amazing and Gellart was impressive. Paul Coops, much better performance than last week. But still a long way to go without first-team players. And it was a hard-earned point today. And finally, Johnny C. The Wolves' theatrics and time-wasting were piss-poor and should have been punished. How they weren't down to 10 is amazing. We will click and we will return to form. So, a bit optimistic there at the bottom in terms of saying that. I think, you know, we've kind of said that 
you know, the performance was getting back to where we were. Um, so hopefully, um, and uh, interest about first team players as well, you know, Matt, you've said that, you know, like we've got some strong players to come back, so you'd hope that they would make a difference, wouldn't you? Everyone keeps forgetting, sorry, I was going to say, uh, everyone keeps forgetting about uh, Bamford, don't they? In this um, sort of, everyone keeps saying, oh, we need Phillips and Rafinha back. But I think it's just equally as important to get Bamford back because like that move, that movement up front is so important and he's ready to do like you sort of dog work and basically run himself into ground for 90 minutes and it's getting him back from a bit more uh, just as important as like as Rafinha really yeah yeah I mean the thought of Bamford a fit Bamford with Gelhard as well could actually be pretty exciting to be honest because you've got that kind of Bamford doing all the dirty work and Gelhard finding the little pockets of space in behind and stuff like that. So yeah, we might we might be looking a few weeks into the future, but that could there could be something there, and it'd be be really good to see them together at some point if we can. Introduced a chance for you guys to support us this season by becoming a Ryan McGarry Kelly's patron member. For as little as £2 a month, you can help support the work we do and make sure that we can continue to bring you our podcast series and our in depth online articles about the football club that we all love. That's good, Vic. Two quid, you can't even buy a decent cup of coffee for that these days. Come to think of it, did you see Birmingham City Football Club? They're selling chips and a cheese slice for four quid. Absolutely criminal for three pound a month. You can also get early access to this podcast before it goes on general release and come and join us for a monthly Q&A and talk all things Leeds plus much, much more. Not forgetting for £5 a month, you can get to join us for a Q&A, early access to episodes, a live recording of each podcast and you'll also get the chance to join us on the show as one of our loyal members. I tell you what, that's not bad at all, is it? And the best thing about us setting up as a membership is that we'll be delivering you an ad-free podcast and you don't hear that very often these days. It's our unique selling point. So becoming one of those patron members helps fund what we do, it helps continue to deliver this podcast and you never know, we could even share some cheesy chips together before the end of the season. I guess you've summed it up perfectly. We go ad-free so we don't spoil your listening experience with legal advice and ball trimmers. Sounds like a good deal to me. Head over to patreon.com forward slash RITGK to become a member today. Going a bit international now, so obviously, usually on the international break, we're usually talking about Phillips now with England, but obviously there was quite a big debut in South America, weren't there, with our number 10 Samba Boy making his Brazilian debut off the bench against Venezuela and bagging two assists and a Man of the Match award. And it didn't end there, really. came on. Um, again, substitute. Did well and then bagged a brace against Uruguay. So, I mean, fantastic for Rafinha. Um, probably fantastic for the club potential pockets because there's going to be some interest in Rafinha now. Um, what do you think of the prospects now of us keeping hold of him, like long term? Hey, I think the scariest thing is is that he'll end up at my thing. My thinking is he'll end up at Newcastle. Do you reckon? Well. Surely not. You're on the team revolution here. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be a player that would go for money, but he obviously saw a project in us because he left the Champions League yeah. to um, which is not scary, but if if like if they sign, um, if they start signing well and they're throwing money about, then mm. I like their policy. I think should be to sign like you, like you're 
Rafinha's and you sort of pick off like your best players from sort of mid-table clubs. So that's sort of a bit of the scary thing. So I think they would be part, sort of the best best case scenario in the sense that we would be able to demand like whatever we wanted from him. Um, but he's he's far too good for like not stalling his career again, but to probably step, take that sort of step backwards yeah. to, to take two, two step forward sort of thing. Um, but it's like everyone keeps saying about Liverpool, don't they? If Salah goes, but he, he's mm. every, every top club will be after him, and like next season he'll be um, next se- sorry next summer he'll uh, he'll be de- be demanding like most of the top clubs in Europe. I'd imagine they'll be tracking his situation. Yeah. What I'd say is that we, we shouldn't really be talking about this. We should be pretending that that Brazil game <laughs> didn't even happen. We're just attracting to attention. As far as I'm concerned, he, they didn't let him go again. And yeah. uh, well, he just stayed at home and put his feet up. Well, no one watches the South American games, really, do they? But now everyone's watching him and announcing it everywhere. I mean, it is a bit worrying when you see him high-fiving Jesus and getting a piggyback off Neymar and you're thinking, good God, don't get a taste for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to piggyback off Jack Harrison here for a bit more, a bit longer. <laughs> um, but obviously, uh, keeping on Rafinha, he went off injured on Saturday. Um, I mean, he did seem to have put some of our worries, worries at ease by posting on socials after the game, looking fairly upbeat, saying it was, what do you say, just it was a knock or something, um, or oh. nothing too serious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that means, whether it'll be all right for the next game or what, you know, at this time recording this, we don't know. But, you know, going back to the tackle, not trying to sound like Pep and say we have to protect the players, but it does seem to be getting some bad tackles at the minute and does seem to be getting targeted. And, you know, there's almost a mark out for him, isn't there now? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's one of those, isn't it, where um, you're in a sense that going forward, you sort of stop Rafinha, you sort of take the flow out of us a little bit. Uh, he is obviously our main outlet going forward. So you sort of get that. And like, I just don't understand how it didn't get looked at on Saturday when you look it back. I mean, live, it didn't actually look... I was, I was aiming for the handball. <laughs> I thought I thought he'd um, got booked for like sort of deliberate, like leaving his arm sort of in a unnatural position to sort of stop Rafinha from going forward. So he started going up for that, and I think he got booked for dis- descent in the end, didn't it, yeah, yeah. or something? But yeah, he seems to have a target on his back. It's like I say, just if you stop him, you sort of stop us, don't you, going forward? You always are. It's like Newcastle with sent maximum or. Any, like when Villa had Grealish, they thought you, they're always going to have targets on the back, aren't they? And yeah. Like you say, you don't want to get into that sort of thing, but in like saying like a Klopp or a Pep where they're like screaming at referees and stuff. But like seeing it back, you're like, how, how would VAR not pick it up? Um, and he could have broke his ankle looking at that. And Yeah, that's like sort of first fear, wasn't it, when you look at mm. it? And you, that might be when you're saying about when he's saying um, it might not be as bad as first feared. That's probably... Yeah, I didn't break my foot. <laughs> yeah, like, like a broken leg was probably the fear. Um, but I think I remember I saw soon after it. Like even if it's a sprain, it could be um, like on his ankle, where whereabouts it was. It could be like a month job, yeah. uh, maybe even more. It's like that one with uh, City that he touched on Fernandinho. Yeah. He sort of ended up with just bruising on his leg, didn't he? And it just never went down, and he ended up. <laughs> Yeah, it was like internal bleeding, weren't he? he? Had to get his leg drained or something. Like, yeah. poor lad. And what you were saying as well, Matt, about um, him being like a target in the sense of you know teams come, when they come up against us now, they're they're trying to stop Rafinha. And I thought that was really interesting yesterday because first twenty minutes or so, I mean, he played really well, but 
I don't know who it was that obviously there's the man marking. I don't know who it was that Shackleton was marking, but he kept coming really deep into the Wolves half. So Shackleton was following him all the way into Wolves half. So that meant Rafinha kept having to drop into basically playing right back, it felt like, for the first 20 minutes. So we're going to have to find a way of kind of giving him a slightly different role or kind of, you know, loosening the, the rules around the man marking with him because, you, mm-hmm. you know, you can't have... Rafinha, you know, playing right back basically. But the other thing is, is the the way he plays so much, it's all kind of bringing the ball from deep and trying to basically run through the team, and that's always going to lend itself to people putting a foot out and making lazy challenges. So, yeah, I think we could do with wrapping him up in cotton wool, to be honest. Mm. I mean, yeah, we we could do without him going to Brazil, to be honest, every week, especially if he's going to be missing games. But, yeah, I don't um, want him coming up against Argentinian defenders all the exactly. time. I don't understand that. He just fancies putting one on him because they, they probably will go through him, won't they, over there? They are lunatics down there. Like, I don't yeah. think... <laughs> I don't think... Like, some of the teams aren't necessarily, like, amazing in terms of world rankings, um, but they're still, like, pretty good sort yeah. of that. But I don't think people actually realise that. They're still trying to murder each other over there. Yeah. The Copper America, like, I watched some of it, and it was, like... It were, it were unreal. Like the the game stops like on average like every three minutes or something daft because they were like just kicking lumps out of each other. And that were even yeah. all between Brazil and Argentina. Football's like a battle down there, isn't it? Like it's it's <laughs> whilst you get some like samba flair, there's also a lot of like Neil Warnock battering rams, isn't there? Who just gonna go through everyone? It's not even um, like people like it's like going back to like probably like Graham Souness days. <laughs> <laughs> boot everyone up in up in air. Um, yeah. It's not Phillips don't have that luxury. Uh, sorry, Phillips has the luxury of playing like you sort of. I know he didn't didn't end up playing, but like your Andorras and probably sort of wait are meant to sort of come yeah. out and like five or six nil sort of thing. Whereas Rafinha's having to <laughs> like say going down there and getting more more kicked out of him. Yeah, because I, I I agree though. Like we you know we do need him fit. But you could see his driving determination as well, because he wants to do everything, doesn't he? I think there was one time where he had the ball over on the right, and he ended up back in our own half, running after the ball to go get it, and just like leave it. I want the ball. <laughs> Say about that when you touched on it. He, I think we had. I think he put a free kick in that. That's like, it. Right yeah. and, and like everyone just looked as if to say, "All right, we'll sprint off." Yeah. It's like that sort of. It felt a bit then. It sort. It felt a bit like you, like when you played like in under 11s. You saw every team had like like one good player, and it was like, yeah, just let them do everything. He'll do it. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed when he went down injured. Obviously, we had that free kick for the handball, and you could see like Dallas hands on hips, looking, thinking, F- "Is it serious? Like, what we're we gonna do if he goes off?" And like you know, Cooper kind of looking round, Rodrigo a bit like, "Oh God," <laughs> you know, all like. Sh- themselves as, oh, no. <laughs> at first you thought oh maybe he's just sort of milking it a little bit and then when he started sort of hitting ground because he sort of started to like be like this is hurting mm-hmm. you could just imagine him all going oh shit. yeah <laughs> the thing is he, he does milk it a bit and he needs to stop doing that because he's playing with playing with my heartstrings because he's he's kind of taking that pontus role of you know what i might have a little five minute sit down here get a nice mm-hmm. drink of water but Every time you're thinking, this better not be serious, mate, because that's not going to be ending well. Right, so, obviously we've covered the games a little bit now, so it's probably time for us to move on to everyone's favourite podcast game show, Guest Who. So, Ewan, have you uh, you've played Guest Who before? You won't have, will you? No, I don't think I have. Oh, well, there you go. Chance for you to get on the board. You've got one right before, haven't you, Matt? I think, I think, you, think you're on the board, yeah. I'm on the board, but obviously 
I'm not I'm, I'm not allowed to do this one because it'd be a bit, <laughs> a bit, bit of an unfair advantage if I was doing this one. Um, so obviously we would just ask three questions and guess the former Leeds United player. So I'll start with this one. Hopefully I've got the facts right on this one. I've done some thorough research, so I bloody hope so. So number one, this player signed for Leeds in 2006. Going back for you guys, that, but... I sort of remember that team, I think. I mean, I was four, so... Four? Oh, yeah. Well, you can yeah. remember that, can't you? Uh, might have been your first game. You might yeah, have probably in that territory, to be fair. You're making me feel old. Like, <laughs> I'm always the one that goes, you were never born yeah, in 1997. Younger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yes, but... No stupid answers in this game, so... 2006. Andy Robinson. Ooh. Not to quote, um, to quote catchphrase, it's good, but it's not right. Uh, okay. uh, I was going to guess like someone like Seb Carroll or something. Seb Carroll? That's a good throwback, but no, not right. So they both out for this one. On to number so two. This, could, this may or may not help, I don't know. He, he only made 15 appearances for the club. Uh, He's to get better. <laughs> or easier. Fifty. I am being quite hard actually thinking about this one. <laughs> like usually, like with Vic, when Vic does it, like we're all guessing on the first one, the second one she's quite generous. But I'm being a bit stingy there. Sorry, guys. Well, if I was still in nappies after he left, I'm that that got to count me out, surely. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll throw a guess out there for Rui Marquez, but gone. No, I think that might have been one on. The previous ones, you know, I think Matt might have done that one. Oh, I've not been yeah. doing the research. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm stumped. Alright, you can, you can pass your guess. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pass. I need more info. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll split this clue and see if you can get it on this one. Oh. Um, he was made, after signing in the summer, he was made club captain in October 2006. What, what a player. And he only played 15 times. <laughs> he only played 15 times. God, that was a dark point, wasn't it? It was a bad <laughs> And the manager was Dennis Wise, if that helps. I'm going to say, isn't this the year we went down? Oh. I think it could be. I'm trying to think. Um... Oh, was that the year? Was that the 15 point deduction year? Uh, we got to the playoff final in 05 06, didn't we? Mm. It will have been the year after. Right, okay. Unless it was during that time, you never know. 15 appearances, club captain. He's going to be on the honours board and everything. He's, he's on. He's on. If you look at like club captains, he's on it. <laughs> Everyone else has got like 300 appearances. He's got 15. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you guys for not knowing it because it's a very repressed era. <laughs> it's like people would prefer not to. But yeah, it's the season that we went down. Oh, so someone will be screaming, going, "It's." It's him. Yeah, it was him. So I'll 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 add you a second bonus bit onto it. So so obviously he was signed two thousand six. Um, was made club captain in two thousand six, and then he was asked, actually asked to leave in for two thousand seven, and was sold in summer of two thousand seventeen. Um, after Dennis Wise was like fuming at him. That sort of doesn't help either. <laughs> 
I think we're going to have to like reduce it to like, half point on the board. I know, I was going to say, I think this is the first time I've uh, beat Earth once I've been on um, <laughs> Gaston. Uh, I'm signed from Luton Town. Still, I am on Trump. I had FIFA 07 as well. I think that was my first FIFA. <laughs> There's no excuse. You, did, you wouldn't have wanted to play with him on FIFA 07. <laughs> FIFA and uh, fantasy football normally helped, but obviously we weren't in the Premier League at that time. Yeah. I'm still put you out of your misery if you want. Uh, you might have to. Or give us another clue. Position. Not like, you don't have to say the exact position, but like defender, it's midfielder. Like central midfielder. Central midfielder. That doesn't, that didn't help. So, for Luton Town, he made about 175 appearances, came to Leeds with a decent club reputation at that point. Obviously, that's why he was made captain. <sighs> Absolutely stumped. Wait, what was the position again? Central midfield. Uh... Signed for 700, 700 grand. Yeah, so he might have oh, wow. Big money. Yeah, big money. In my head, I had like Ian Westlake or something daft. But... You're throwing out some great players here, Matt. <laughs> not, not, not the right one. I think he. I think he was in the team. The yeah, I think he was. Um, yeah, a season or so later, weren't he? Um, might have to put Wait, Sean, Sean Duffy. Is that his name? Sean, De- Sean Derry. Sean Derry, that's his no, name. Yeah. Sean Derry. He, he, he was, was his vice captain, though, Sean Derry. Oh, that's got to be half a point. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the vice. He's got the vice. He's got the hard one. <laughs> I, think, I think you might have to tell us, and then, like, this could be the longest podcast in history. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Everyone's probably still screaming at you now, so we better tell them. It's Kevin Nichols. What? Oh, yeah. I, I, know, I remember the name, but. Yeah, basically, it's funny because he's he's on the honours board. He, well, you know, on the board of being Leeds United captains, and he's probably one of the most hated people to actually play for Leeds because he came to Luton, got injured, so came from Luton with this big reputation, and obviously got injured loads. Only played, I think he played about five games. Wise made him captain, and mid-season he just asked to leave. He says, "I want to go back to Luton," and he's like, "Hey." Joking, like you, you're our captain, and it's like, no, I want, I want to go back to Luton. I'm not happy here. And Wise was like, well, we're not letting you leave unless we get the 700 grand that we paid for you. Luton wouldn't pay it, so he never played again after February. And then we sold him to Preston in the summer. And there you go, he's he's etched in our history now. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, you guys are probably better not knowing him. To be honest, because. <laughs> not the greatest um, figure in the history of Leeds, but I think it's like you say, you're, it's a bit of a dark time that with the with this going down that season as well in a relegation fight, and the club captain wants to leave. It kind it's kind of a summary of the state we were in then, weren't it? But yeah. As always, big thank you all for listening and cheers for coming on, guys. I appreciate that. It's a good chat. Hopefully, um, here's to the next week and hopefully a cup quarterfinal coming up and three points on next Sunday. So if you don't already, give us a follow on the socials to keep up to date with all things Leeds and more. And obviously, we'll be dropping the next podcast very soon. So until next time, goodbye.
Sports Social Podcast Network.